everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. So hi everyone, Larissa Russell from Creative You, and we're here for another episode of Creative Soul Healing. And I have Di Manuel from Bali with me today. Uh, Di is a super dad dating his wife with a lead by example way of living and a contagious personality who is on a mission to positively impact 1 million role models around the globe to lead a functionally fit life through education, encouragement, and community. Digital thought leader and author, distinguished Toastmaster and keynote speaker, former partner and chief operating officer of a multi-million dollar retail company, and a sought after lifestyle mentor and executive performance coach. Dai knows the struggle of the juggle and keeping his health and happiness a priority. He models his work based on five Fs, fitness, family, faith, finances, with an overarching roof of fun. Built on a rock solid foundation of health, nuggets of wisdom and inspiration to take action to be your best self are guaranteed when you connect with Dai. So welcome Dai. Well, thank you, Larissa. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to connect with a fellow Canadian. Even though we're across the globe from one another, it's, uh, I know. <laughs> you, know, you can't, can't get Canada out of us, can we? <laughs> no, it's true. Once a Canadian, always a Canadian. Heck yeah. Well, it was interesting. Last night, I, I host a, a weekly men's group, and it's called Mentorship Mondays and uh, Dinner and Discussion. And uh, last night, I had like eight Canadians around that table of, of 25, which was amazing. We took over. We took over oh, here in Bali, crazy. of all places. Yeah, it was wild. It was really cool. Really cool. That's where we all run to, I think. Yeah. Into the warmer more. weather. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's definitely, I'm guilty of that one for sure. Uh, so can you share with us some of your story and your path and, and how you got to where you are today? Well, uh, let me, I always wonder, where should I begin? Well, uh, some, well, let's just put it this way. I, I, I came into the health and wellness industry out of a passion. But it wasn't a passion I was born with. And I, in fact, I, I didn't come to it naturally. Um, it, yeah, I was, uh, gosh, from the age of nine to 14, the doctor, our, our family GP, uh, I, I remember being in the room when he looked at my mom and said, your son's morbidly obese. And, uh, you know, morbidly obese means you have a body mass index of over 40. And, and you can imagine at age 14, uh, I was quite large and it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I mean, we, we, Einstein says compound, uh, compounding interest is one of those most powerful forces in the universe. Well, also uh, negatively compounding habits, uh, I would argue to be equally as powerful. And, and, you know, over five years of just eating poorly, not exercising, playing a lot of video games and really not focusing on my health as a priority, uh, I gained a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, to date myself, I'm 43 now. Uh, I, back then, when I was in my state of unhealth, Childhood and obesity weren't usually associated in the same sentence. It wasn't uh, like it is today. You know, we have a global epidemic on our hands when we, when we look at the state of the health of, of the world. And, uh, you, you know, going through that transformation, it didn't happen again overnight, but it, it was a 20-month process of just educating myself on what do I need to do to prioritize my health? 
and started eating a little bit differently, really thought about what do I need to do to fuel my body for the life that I want to be leading. Started asking myself, uh, how can I move my body to, to get my health started again and reconnect with that, you know, inner boy, if you will, and, and help him be confident again. And so it took 20 months. Um, but going through that transformation, I learned a lot. And uh, I felt very wise at that young age. And uh, I, I started to, to consult people. You know, they would, they would ask me, uh, how did you do that? You know, a lot of my parents' friends were asking, how did you do that? And, and so I found myself engaging these types of conversations that were very mentorship-oriented conversations and uh, got me excited about the wellness space, that I could help people facilitate these types of transformations. And uh, that sort of got me started, you know, down this path of health and well-being. But I've had lots of, uh, we'll call them sidetracks, where things have not gone um, well, you know, things, I've struggled with uh, an autoimmune disease that's chronic. Uh, I've dealt with alcohol and other substance abuses, as well as uh, a few other hiccups along the way. And, it, and I attribute this, I've worked so much on the outside, based on one of my motivations was I wanted a girlfriend at age 15, uh, you know, and that was this external goal. Um, but I worked really on the exterior. I didn't do any inner work. And that didn't happen until I got into my early, well, about 30, 31, I started to really turn the focus back. And uh, so it's been a, a lifelong journey and uh, it's, I feel like it's just getting started, a new chapter and ended up here in Bali two and a half years ago uh, after I quit my career five years ago and uh, my wife quit hers. And yeah, we, you know, um, Joseph Campbell, he's the one that's uh, coined the hero's journey and uh, inspired George Lucas to write Star Wars and a lot of other amazing writers, this, this journey that keeps recurring in myth and in stories. And it, it's parallel to our own lives is clearly there. And he, he always says, you know, as long as you're following your bliss, you, you're walking the path ultimately to, to maximize joy, uh, happiness, fulfillment, and, and ultimately that sense of purpose in your life. And so I just like to tell people now, like everything I've always done has been following my bliss. It's just sometimes I got a little detoured. Right, right. Well, that's excellent. And, and so what does healing with creativity mean to you? Oh, well, you know, I believe what we're all creatives. And I know I've got some friends that are really analytical, very data driven. And there's creativity in that too. I look at some of the top mathematicians and scientists and, and, and just neuroscientists. And yes, they deal with a lot of, of what we would most likely say is factual based on their, their experience with the system that they're in and the, the amount of knowledge and wisdom that's been gained over the last you know, 150 years. Uh, but there's even creativity in that. And, and it's, so to me, you know, um, exercising the entire brain and, and really getting clear with what we want from a self-care perspective, you know, like uh, I, I get a lot of enjoyment from writing. Um, also just reflecting you know, and letting my mind play movies sometimes, you know, very purposeful, uh, life-based movies and envisioning the potential future. I'm not saying that I spend a lot of time in that, but I get a lot of enjoyment from that kind of visionary work. And uh, so, so for me, it's an important part of my overall well-being. As much as a lot of people hear fitness, they automatically think, oh, work out at the gym to get your body fitter. And I, and I challenge that idea. You know, it's it's the mental fitness, the spiritual fitness is Financial fitness. I mean, we have to be fit, uh, you know, healthy uh, in so many areas in our life. And uh, so creativity is just one of those avenues, I feel, to really work on that inner person, you know, that, that true person of who we are. And that gets expressed in so many different ways. But I find creativity is, is one of the purest ways to express it. 
Right. No, that's absolutely true. And do you think there's a driving force that inspires you? And can you explain that? Oh, yeah. You, you know, I, <laughs> the, we, well, we have to be honest, right? Like, I mean, there's two fairly strong forces in the universe that seems to propel us or attract us. And, and that tends to be fear and love, right? And when I look at some of my initial motivations, they were always in reaction to running away from something, you know? Um, so, so I'd be lying if I didn't say it was fear-based. Uh, so my inspirations, which is weird, but when you really reflect on it, and I, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on this, I, I realized I was just avoiding a lot of certain things rather than embracing a new potential, a new opportunity, like just the, the say like the stamina, the energy, the, the confidence I would have gained by being healthy and using that as my motivation. It was the idea of, of death, you know, those suicidal thoughts and me being afraid of death that said, okay, well, you got one or two choices. You can either end this and, and move on or, <laughs> you know, wherever that may take you. Uh, that, that scared me a, a lot more than the idea of change. Right. And so that sort of spark that initial change you know there, there's a saying that uh you know when the, the pain of change <laughs> is far less than the, than the pain of not changing we're probably ready to make a change and uh I, i've seen that repeat itself a few times in my life and uh so i i, I guess it's all about reframing some of those fear-based uh moments and really looking for the positive and you know people talk about growth mindsets and, and being able to look at things in with those tinted glasses, as they say, those rose tinted glasses. And uh, it, it's definitely something I try to do, but uh, I, I will be honest. Uh, uh, sometimes those fears, those concerns, what would happen if I don't make the changes that I want to make, those scare me far greater and it gets me ready to move, you know? Right, right. So that leads us right into the, how has a past pain informed your life purpose? And how do you specifically want to contribute to life now? Hmm. Oh, I, I hinted that I, I run men's groups and mm -hmm. I, I really like working with other men, all, all ages, but, uh, you know, specifically people that are, are find themselves at a crossroad in life. Um, I, I think you can probably reflect on your life, Larissa, and, you know, very clearly there's probably been moments where you could have gone one way or gone the other and, mm -hmm. and you chose a certain path based on where you were at that time and based on everything that got you to that point. And uh, so when I reflect on my life, I mentioned it wasn't until my thirties, I started to really start asking some hard questions, you know, and uh, like, what do I want? And you know, not what I want for dinner, uh, <laughs> not what I want to watch on TV, but like, what do I want for my life? And those are startling questions. You know, they're not necessarily questions we think about every day. <laughs> and uh, so I found myself asking those questions and, and, you know, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of father do I want to be? You know, what kind of husband, what kind of community leader? And, and I started realizing that a lot of the visions of who I wanted to be and actually how I was leading my life day to day were in complete contrast. And uh, so there was depression, a lot of anxiety, um, I abused alcohol, uh, which often led to narcotics and, and not being a good husband, you know, um, and um, one fateful morning, uh, my wife, you know, she was really upset. I'd been on an all night bender and out with my friends and I saw it with my friends and, uh, you know, this is a regular pattern for me was coming back at whatever hour and going to bed, passing out and, and then just you know, asking forgiveness in the morning and saying, oh, I won't let that happen again. And, you know, sure enough, a couple weeks later, it's, uh, it's happening again. And this pattern was just recurring, you know, and um, my, my wife sat me down and I could tell she was quite 
this is it. You know, I, I could tell, like in her eyes, my, my wife's a redhead and uh, she's got that tinge of ginger in her and uh, she's not one to mix words, you know, like she, she is very to the point and, and honest. And sometimes <laughs> I, I've always said, you know, like, I know I need to hear that, but <laughs> it might not be what I want to hear right now. And uh, she sat me down and I could tell, you know, my kids were four and six at this time. And uh, yeah, I mean, she looked at me and, and it's like, you know, I, we can't do this anymore. Me and the girls, we can't do this. And, uh, and the conversation was starting to veer that way about us separating and, and getting divorced. And um, she asked me a question. She said, are you being the type of man that you'd want to marry your daughters? Yeah. That question, you know, based on all the other questions that I was asking myself, that was the one that really created an instant impact in me. And uh, I had to be brutally honest at that moment. And I was like, no, I would not allow any man that acts like I've been acting, you know, for almost that last 10 years um, to get anywhere near my daughters. <laughs> so right. why am I being that man? And it was right then and there. I, I stopped drinking, uh, I, no more substances. I sought out help, mentorship, found a new association, and uh, really did, started focusing on the inner work, you know, getting to know who am I and what do I want and how do I want to make an impact on this planet, you know? And, uh, and that's what started that journey. And that's 10 years ago now, you know, lots happened in 10 years, of course. Uh, but uh, every day I'm, I'm just trying to make impact in other people's lives to let them know there's always a choice. There's always an opportunity to do things a little bit differently if you really want to, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's really important because I, I, I'm not, I think everybody knows that they mm. have a choice, but I don't know if they truly know right. if that makes sense, that they have I a choice. I think it does. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's easier to say I don't have a choice because yeah. then we don't have to admit, <laughs> uh, you, you know, that, change has to happen. It's like, well, it's out of my control, so it's okay. You know, this yes. is just the way it should be and the way it will be. And I, I can't accept that. But I know I've thought that way many times in my life, you know, many times. And yeah. uh, I just, you know, you always have to ask yourself, is, that, is this true? You know, is this really the life I want? And is this who I want to be defined as or remembered as? You know, is this the kind of legacy I want to leave behind? Mm -hmm. It's like, no. <laughs> Well, then why am I doing the things to, to make that so? Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, is this not easy though? I mean, you know, I think the process is fairly simple. We don't have to overcomplicate it, but it's not easy. It's no. not easy. Yeah. Because it's, it's constant, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. you take two steps forward and it's literally <laughs> two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. So, and sometimes it's four steps back. So, yeah. but it's, it's, it's wanting to make the change and then, and then working towards mm. that, even when you start to falter. Well said. Well yeah. said. And it's remembering, you know, it's people say, well, what kept you motivated? And I was like, you know, initially I was motivated by my family, you know, and that fear of not changing and what it might mean for my life. So, yeah, it was a bit of fear based initial motivation. But motivation wanes, just like willpower. You, you got a, only so much every day, every week, every month, every year, you know. And, but if you can figure out the inspiration, because I find that that, you know, mm. capital I-N, in, <laughs> you know, that internal inspiration that is inside of us, sometimes we have to dig it up. Well, it might take a little bit of introspection, quite a bit of time to reflecting, maybe meditating. But if you can find that inspiration, that doesn't go away. It's there, 
you know, and whether you want to focus on it or not. So what was, what was your inspiration then? Like you said, your family started you yeah. on that path, but what kept you going? Well, I started to like the results that were coming. And, and, and it wasn't just a, a physical. Obviously, there were some initial physical responses. I started feeling better. Uh, <laughs> I started making better decisions as it related to nutrition and how I exercise because my energy was improving. I was sleeping better where I used to believe that, well, I'm stressed out at the end of the day, so I should have a half to full bottle of wine to get to sleep, you know, and which is just, you know, my sleeps were never very uh, restful. Um, and so I, I started to feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing when you start to feel better and you realize how compromised your health has been based on the choices you've been making. I realize that, whoa, you know, I don't want this feeling to go away. And, and you start to think differently. So mm-hmm. first it starts as a feeling, but then it starts to thinking, you know, and uh, I started to change the inputs uh, and the association. So whatever was going into my mind, you know, the people I was interacting with, the things I was reading, the things I was watching, where I was spending my free time, I really started to question that, to, to say, well, if I want to be this type of man with these kind of core values that I say are my pillars, these are my truths, what, what kind of day-to-day will my life look like? You know, who are the types of people, the associations, you know, what kind of things I might be doing that, right. that I want to be doing? And yeah, it's, it's like, it's a challenge, you know, but it's also a great adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it might be two steps forward, one step back, sometimes three steps to the right, you know, like it's, it's rarely a straight line. Yeah. And as hard as it may be, you know, it's worth it. It's been worth it. Only because I can say to myself, I'm worth it. And I believe that. You know, where before it was always on others. But when you start to really go from that idea of we to me, you know, this idea of, well, yeah, there is an ego. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it motivates us to do a lot of certain things uh, that may not be the best things that are in alignment and self-preservation and fear-based and all sorts of stuff. But when you can start to really learn to love yourself so you can maximize your love of others and the world and planet and your contribution and impact and all these great things, it is a way easier decision-making filter for you. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, so I I think that's really what it was. I had to learn to like myself first and then actually as far as say love myself, um, as cliche as it is, (laughs) it it was really the path I did. And you know, I I saw a counselor, I I saw a psychologist for a while. Um, I cut off all my old association. You know, I had a lot of buddies that were drinking buddies. Yeah. And as soon as I stopped drinking, I was showing up still and hang out with them, thinking that they're my friends, but they felt more awkward than I did. Right. You know, they didn't know how to act around me. And uh, so they stopped calling. <laughs> you know? And to be honest, I didn't call them either. Uh, I realized this new path might mean new association. And uh, that, that one's tough. Especially, I, I have people often say, well, what if that association is your family? And I'm like, oh, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. You know, I don't but have an easy answer. It is to that. a tough one. And, and yeah. it's something that a lot of people, in fact, I was just talking to my daughter about this today um, because we've, her and I have kind of become this little island in our family that, you know, mm. nobody quite knows what to do with. <laughs> why is that, do you think? Like, why? Like, what is their, their concern? What, why? I, I think, think growth is? and change is scary for other people. Mm. So, as so. people become more true in themselves, Mm-hmm. other people maybe feel that they're 
more flawed or have, mm-hmm. and then it's easier just to blame you for being different mm-hmm. and not fitting in and, you know, but when yes. you have clear boundaries, um, yeah, people, mm-hmm. people do tend to fall away that just are not okay with that and not mm-hmm. used to you being, you know, this new way or, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, but we were having that conversation today and it was, it was, uh, it's hard, but mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, even with family, you need to do what's best for you. And yeah. So Great. I'm assuming you deal with, um, or, or help these men's groups, you know, sort of help them do mm-hmm. that. So have you had other people that have had those sort of issues with family as yeah. opposed to just friends? And I mean, it's hard yeah. with friends too, but. Yeah, it's uh, I work with men and women alike, um, but I, I tend to like I realize men's groups is is not a regular occurrence where I, I'd like it to be that way. You know, I like mm-hmm. to know that every community has a, a group of of men that are asking the hard questions of one another, but also there to support each other and not judge one another. You know, and mm-hmm. as men, uh, I, I can throw some stereotypes out there, but yes, we are uh, very closed off for the most part. And um, you know, when you meet new men, it, it, you're always sizing each other up right? It's competition. It's, it's just this bravado. And, uh, and I've been guilty of that. I, I've lived that way for a long time. And uh, so I, I like to be able to help chip away at some of those, those walls to, to show people that, you know, you can be a man, you can be strong, but you can also be vulnerable. You know, Brene Brown talks about it a lot, you know, and I see some men connected with that message, but not a lot of them, you know, mm-hmm. not, not at least in my circles. They love what she says, but then they don't practice that. You know, yeah. and uh, and so creating a space for men to to be open and, and share in, in that kind of capacity, it's it's pretty uh, well for, for those that come to it, it, it can be life changing. You know, and oh, uh, um, but you know when it comes to that family piece, yeah, it's it's really hard, and um, it, you know it's again being true to what you want, mm-hmm. you know, and realize that what you want, others may not want that for you. Yeah. And because it's a mirror for them, you know, they see what you're doing and it's just, yeah, they, they have their own self judgment that they're dealing with. So you have to, I have to remind myself, you know, family, especially the people I have the closest relationships that know me best, or at least I would think so. Um, if they can't be supportive of some of the positive changes I'm looking to make, mm-hmm. I have to wonder why, you know, and, yeah. and I just have to remind myself, you know, that's them. That's their perception. That is their issue with whatever's going on in their life. Yeah. And I'm not doing anything to hurt them. Uh, and I just let them know I'm there to support them. You know, if they ever want to talk, <laughs> talk about it, what's going on. I'm happy to do that. But this is what I'm doing. And this is why I'm doing it, whether you care or not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, not, no. you know. it, it's a tough place. But yes, it, I mean, that's what, that's ultimately what you have to do to be mm-hmm. true to yourself. Right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I um, sorry, I went completely, not, not off topic, but <laughs> I just threw in a couple of extra questions that I may not have, you know, warned uh, about. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, this is just a conversation. I love it. I love it. Okay, perfect. And so what is your favorite creative healing modality for yourself? Well, I really like visualization and, and meditation, you, you know, and, and also just journaling. Like those would be the main ones. Um, like even exercise, I get, sometimes I find exercise very meditative. You know, I can go and work out and just zone out and be in my own little world. And, um, which is interesting, you know, physically challenging my body, but at the same time, my mind is sort of just in that space of, of 
thinking, visualizing, imagining. And, uh, and I find that going through that process, it, it has this, uh, I mean, it does, it releases serotonin <laughs> and serotonin is a naturally a feel good. Uh, and meanwhile, I'm also cranking my dopamine when I'm exercising. So it's I'm getting some good neurochemicals happening, right? These, these, <laughs> and, um, you know, the happy chemicals, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that by doing those kind of activities, it definitely makes me feel more relaxed and, and, and in tune with where I am right now. Um, and that's where meditation, I think, is really good. It's just that that breathing, you know, just focusing on the breath. And, and it's, listen, I have, I wouldn't class myself as a, a meditation expert at all, um, but I am a meditation practitioner. You know, I, I do take time to, to every day to meditate and reflect and, and then from that set some intentions. Uh, so I, I would say that those for me are, are, are the habits that are, um, yeah, that would be the ones. Okay. Yeah. And what would you say is your greatest accomplishment to date? Wow. Well, I, I think it would be the fact that, uh, you know, I've got two beautiful daughters, 14 and 16. Um, and uh, I've been dating my wife for almost 20 years. So I, I would say that those are by far and away my biggest successes. Uh, what I would say are success. Uh, people often ask me, you know, who are you? What are you about? And I'm like, oh, I'm a dad, two beautiful girls, you know, and, and dating my wife. And those, it's funny, I, people are like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, that's how I open up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because that, that, I, I changed things a number of years ago when I said, well, what am I really focused on? What really matters most to me? And uh, family kept coming up. Um, and uh, so for me, those, those are my biggest successes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you take everything else away. I always have my family, you know, I like, guess why I'm just like, that, that's it. You know, I, I love them to death. And uh, as far as for myself, you know, it, it's uh, the ability to impact others to realize that they can make a change at any time. And right. they don't have to do it on their own. You know, they don't have to be alone. There's communities, there's people, there's individuals out there that you can connect with that can help you. And I know sometimes that's the hardest part is we feel very alone. As you said earlier, you and your daughter feel like you're on an island. That's not easy. But I'm sure you're connecting with a lot of like-minded individuals, even maybe online through Facebook groups and communities and through your podcast, your listeners, right? Like you're creating an opportunity to connect with like mind. And sometimes you just got to put yourself out there to be able to find those people, to, to connect with them. And uh, so I, I pride myself that I've, I've been able to facilitate some pretty powerful communities and uh, continue to do so. Yeah, that's and it's very true. I mean, that's one of the reasons I do this, right, is because yeah. of yeah. making those connections. And But more so because I have been in really dark places myself that for people to know mm. that there are other ways and there are people out there who understand and have been through tough things and have come out the other side. So that's mm. really important. It's so important. I mean, it's yeah. so powerful that you're, you're creating that safe spot for people, but also the resources, you know, mm-hmm. you're making them available, which is amazing. You know, when you, I bet you feel really connected to that path, you know, to the, to, you know, wake up in the morning. The Japanese call it an ikigai, you know, your ikigai, which is basically the reason you get up in the morning, the morning, you know, it's a purpose. It's, it gives life meaning. And uh, when you're doing that stuff, it, it's, it's awesome. You know, yeah. it's a, uh, it's amazing how yeah, as much as you might be depleting your energy, it's actually recharging you at the same time. It, oh, it's, absolutely. You know, that's absolutely. cool. Yeah. No, I fully believe that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, uh, what would it be? You know, just I'd like people to feel empowered that, yeah, 
their, their health is the foundation upon which life is built. You know, without health, you don't have life. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like water, you know, you can only go so long. But unfortunately, unlike water, water only takes a few days and you'll notice that you need it really badly. Health is one of those resources that depletes fairly gradually, at least as we're younger. As we age, well, uh, the half-life is <laughs> not quite the same length, you know, and, and that becomes a lot more sensitive to, to changes in our health, too. Just we change how we exercise, how we eat, how we sleep, how we uh, look after ourselves, and uh, especially stress. You know, I think stress is the big one. The World Health Organization says it's the epidemic of our century. You know, it is, uh, I could go off and off and put all the stats, but bottom line is uh, stress is largely can be managed effectively through lifestyle. And so my, my hopes is that I can empower people to recognize that they are worth the minimum amount of time and energy to keep their healthy body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah. And what strength-based inspirational advice would you give to someone who's struggling? When, when you say strength-based, I was wondering about that question. Like, how would you answer that for yourself? Um, like I would, it depends on the person quite often, mm-hmm. but you know, somebody like, you know, it, it gets better. Um, I've been there and I totally understand this period, mm-hmm. but just know that there are better things on the other side. That's kind of my standard mm-hmm. go-to um, when people are struggling. But mm-hmm. I mean, I've had lots of different stories shared with me on, on sort of what people think gives them strength and then mm. how they would, you know, share that with others. I see. Thank you. Uh, well, I think when it comes to, you know, I know empathy is, is a powerful emotion and it's fortunately one that's not readily available. Like I feel it should be, mm-hmm. uh, but that power to, to envision yourself, as I say, in someone else's shoes, right? Walk in their, walk, live in their life, what would that be like? What are the kind of struggles they're going through? And I think it's a great starting point, but realizing at any moment, there's an opportunity to draw a line in the sand. And that line in the sand represents everything that's happened up to this moment. Everything, like everything that you've ever done and said and thought and reaction you've taken or you haven't, it's, it's all brought you to this moment. And then as you visualize yourself stepping over that line in the sand, there's a clear path in front of you. And when I say a clear path, like it's, it's uh, as a, what was his name? Rene Descartes, uh, Tabla Raza. It's a clean slate, you know? You can walk wherever you want now and set the footprints. And I think it's really amazing when you, you visualize that and you realize, okay, even though I walked a certain way and lived a certain life up to this moment, it actually has no control over tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It has no control over my next step. It may influence it, but you still have to ultimately choose to walk it. And uh, so for me, just remembering that and remembering that just that quick visualization, drawing a line in the sand, you know, visualize yourself on the beach, you're drawing a line in the sand, you can hear the waves off in the ocean, you know, and sun's on your face. It's beautiful. And this next step and the step after that, I'm making with, with full conscious awareness and, and purpose behind it. So, uh, yeah, that, that would be for me 
one thing that I do often when I find myself in a situation where I'm wondering, why the heck am I doing what I'm doing right now? And that does come up on occasion, but then you're reminded yeah. of, you know, how great it feels when, when you feel better or when someone else yeah. tells you that, you know, they feel better, or, you know, with what's, what they're going through. And yeah, that definitely it's helps. Like I also visualize, you know, control alt delete for those that remember the old PC days, you know, and control alt delete is hard reset on the computer. Well, I believe we all have a, a mechanism or an ability to create a habit or a behavior or a ritual uh, around a hard reset for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, I often teach that to my clients, you know, like here's something that works for me, but of course it may not work for you, but you have to find yours. You know, what, what helps you reset and get back into connection with feeling good, but thinking more positively. And uh, for me, it's, I know it all. I might be tired, so I haven't had a good night's sleep. I could be hungry. I also have a good, healthy meal. Uh, do a little bit of meditation, maybe some stretching, you know, maybe go for a walk. But these are just simple little things that, that are readily available at any time. And I know just doing those few little things, it gets me, it starts to build the momentum I need to start making some of those uh, better choices and start feeling better about myself. Um, so I encourage you, you know, what, what are those things that you know, absolutely that if you take the time to do it and, you know, look for the healthy ones. <laughs> so the easy, I have some friends that say, well, I grab a tub of ice cream and put on my favorite Netflix show. I'm like, okay, well, but do you regret that after you've done it? And often they'll say, yeah, it actually made me feel better in the moment just because it helped me ignore what I was dealing with emotionally. Um, but as soon as I stopped watching Netflix or the ice cream ran out, I, I was right back where I was. I was like, okay, well, ask yourself before you do that thing, would you regret doing that thing after you've already done it or not? And most people, they say, well, if I'm going to go and go for a nice walk on the beach, they're not going to tell me after I really regret going and walking on the beach. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, so it, it's really getting clarity around well, what are those things you know, that I can do to make me start feeling better. Mm -hmm. No, that's excellent. It's excellent. And do you have an inspirational quote that sums up your life journey? Hmm. You know, it, well, to take one from Mark Twain, and I think it's just a really simple quote, but I, I really like this quote. And, and it's, you know, the two most important days of our life are one, the day we're born, but two, the day we figure out why. And I think it's important for anybody, you know, to figure out why you're getting up in the morning. What's got you excited to get up? You know, what, what is that sense of purpose or joy or fulfillment? Or as uh, I said earlier, Joseph Campbell, you know, you know or what's the life you need to be living so you feel that you're following your bliss? And uh, so for me, you know, really getting clear on what, it, what brings me a great sense of purpose in, in life uh, just made everything so much more enjoyable. You know, like just doing what I do, I, I have, a lot more joy, a lot more happiness. And uh, um, not to say that I don't have down days. Oh, man, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I'm always coming back to, you know, those internal inspirational motivations, if you will. And uh, yeah, yeah, for me, I, I, I love that quote. And if people are like, well, I haven't figured out my why yet. Okay, well, there's lots of great resources out there and people. And, you know, it's, it's sort of something that you have to come to on your own. However, there's people out there that can mentor you and coach you and, and support you as you're figuring it out, but you have to actively say, okay, I want to figure this out. You absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 
And is there anything else that you would like to share with us about you or any of, you know, anything we've talked about today, anything like that? Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm always available to connect with people. Um, so really, if people are just looking to, to just quickly drop a quick hi, hello, or ask a question, just reach out. I, I'm really accessible, Facebook, Instagram, my blog, you know, it's just, my name's pretty unique. Uh, you just type in Diamond Well on any of the social platforms or online and you will find me. <laughs> and uh, I, I love speaking to, to groups and, and small and large. And uh, I, I do a lot of keynoting and, and, and workshops. And uh, I just love connecting people and helping them. So if people have heard this and they've heard something that uh, tweaks them and they like to have a conversation, I'm, I'm always around, you know, and at the very least, I can help you get some clarity on maybe the next steps you should be taking. And it's probably not with me, but just knowing that you're have someone there that can help direct you a little bit or, or make some suggestions or ask you the questions to get you thinking about, oh, okay, you know what? I haven't thought about it that way. Just to help you shift your perspective. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? And that's why I love that you, you, you create this, uh, you've created this platform and this podcast, especially you're, you're sharing these different stories and snippets and ideas and wisdom. And sometimes that's all it takes is hear one podcast. You know, my wife, she, she wanted us to travel as a family. And for years was listening to different podcasts of different traveling families and their stories. And so she would drip on me and drip on me and drip on me. And, uh, but eventually it got to the point where I wanted that too, you know, and, and it was neat to see that there was this entire community of people that, that have already done the things that we wanted to do. There's a lot of belief in that, you know? And so, uh, uh or at least it, it solidifies the belief that we can do this too. And, um, so, so look for that proof and realize you can, you know, you just can so that's it. That's all. I'm, I've got a free program if people want it. It's based on my book I wrote, and that's uh, joinwlfm.com. Uh, you sign up and you get a daily uh, workout with guided meditations and for, uh, personal and professional development. It's all included. Great community. It's no cost, no hidden agenda. That's uh, It's just there. It's there for people to, to access, to leverage, uh, to help them create some, some results in their life. That's Yeah, that's excellent. And we will definitely have those links up when you air so that people have awesome. those links. Um, so thank yeah, uh, which will be great. Yeah. And that, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for doing this and, you. you know, talking with me today. It's been great to hear your story. I love that. Happy to share and promote that out and uh, really looking forward to our next conversation. All right. Thanks so much, Di. Thank you.